Space Burgers, and welcome to the Space Cave. A big warg to all of you in the... Oh, man, is this the first episode of 2019? I think it might be. Dan and I were all proud of ourselves prior to the um, holiday break because we recorded a bunch of stuff early, and he got it all cobbled together, thinking that uh, as I was away, the, uh, the, the show would go on and that everything was like pre-planned and scheduled to go out um, without me having to lift a finger at the moment. And then I think I, because I recorded one of them so early, I said, well, I hope nothing catastrophic has happened because I always feel bad when I don't mention that. I was thinking something more worldly. And in actuality, it ended up being my uh, health, and I had to spend some time in the hospital, which I'll go into at a later date or perhaps on a Patreon episode. But uh, really zapped my energy, and uh, I thought I I had my recorder with me. I thought I could be recording and doing some stuff from the hospital, and it turned out I just didn't have it in me to do so. So anyway, I apologize for that. Not for getting sick, but just the uh, the lapse in episodes. Uh, thankful to be healthy. I hope you are as well. I used to always, and I still kind of do think it's frustrating that you know, regardless of where you're at in your life, well, I'm thankful to be healthy because you're like, well, that you know, you should be able to just be healthy and then work toward having other things in your life that you're also thankful for, but it's not a given. So once again, I was reminded of that. Always thankful. You know, I look down at my thumbs, just a variety of things. <laughs> just, oh man, I'm glad these things are working or your lower back or all these little things that, you know, once they're injured, you're like, Man, things are a lot better when this thing's working correctly. So anyway, not to go over that too much, but I hope you're healthy and the year's off to a good start for you. And it's a little eh, somewhat ironic. I guess part two of this episode might be with uh, we do a, a tarot card reading. Part one is getting to know my friend, who I think you'll just love. She's the, great, the, the best. She's the greatest. We don't really fully get into tarot in this first episode, but her album is out currently. You can get it anywhere you can stream stand-up comedy. It's called Organism. I hope you purchase it and enjoy it. I, I was at the taping. I think it's fantastic. She's so funny. Here's part one with Lizzie Cooperman. All right. We're officially started. It, it happens abruptly. Oh, great. I'm here. I'm <laughs> Hello. Here. Hello, Lizzie. Hi. It's, uh, it's always weird when you've interacted with someone a bunch, not in a podcast format or setting. And right. Then, then you're like, want to do my podcast? And then right. you're just sitting there. I'm in headphones, you're not. And we're just chatting into microphones right. four feet from one another with the intent that like <laughs> this conversation is going to be right. significantly more uh, re- recording yeah. worthy than others we have had. We were just in the kitchen. We were like we were already having great conversation and now we're going to have it across from each other with 45, maybe 45 minutes of continuous eye contact. 
<laughs> I find that I drift off a little bit. So I, okay, let me know if it's if the eyes stray. Yeah, I'll just kind of. I don't know if it's like I get tired of eye contact. Or yeah, if I feel like I bet they want a break from this eye contact. So I'll meander. Or I'll gather my thoughts and kind of right. look down a little bit. But yeah. let me know. Let me. I think that's natural. You're big into auras and essence and energy and mm. things like that. And I, I always wonder like how many of those little subtle cues, like if you've had a life that, for whatever reason, like yeah, you didn't get that promotion, you didn't get that thing, or that maybe you have little micro things that you do that humans see and they go. I can't describe it, but I didn't like how they, and then if someone were to watch footage, like, that's what you did. It's that. You you look over like this. I don't know why, but I don't like that. That's really interesting that you say that. I was just talking to a friend last night who was saying he was having trouble with, like, human reactions and feeling like he was kind of turning people away. Ah. But then we started talking about it, and it kind of came from, like, a place of, like, maybe he was feeling distrustful mm-hmm. of people based on past experiences. and Yeah. That's really interesting. But you, to me, have more of like a dreamy, like a dream-like energy. Oh, thanks. You are kind of like, in a, you have kind of a <laughs> light, almost like ethereal, very artistic. Weird. What is your astrological sign? Virgo, which is not Oh, that. no, that's it's very like grounded. Very business. And mm-hmm. like, which I, but I lived the first, I, th- I want to say 15, it might have been 20 years of my life when people would ask, I would say, I'm a Libra. And I didn't, I just, it's right on the cusp. And so uh, that was a big part of it where I was like, oh, right. and that always made sense to me where I was like, yeah, yeah, those Libras, they're fun and goofy and imaginative. And then right. I Right, well, that's more like air, an mm-hmm. air sign. Okay. And so it's interesting, but now that I'm thinking about like your leather working and the things that you like to do that relate to the earth, it does, uh-huh. the Virgo does kind of ah, make sense. Okay. But I'm not, weirdly, I love astrology not weirdly at all actually <laughs> a lot of people I'm like you won't believe this but I do love it <laughs> but I I'm not so tied to astrological signs because I feel like we're you know no one's I'm a Leo I'm not consistently dramatic I think of Leo and lion Taurus and the bull and like mm. so when I dated a girl who was a Taurus and she was very like headstrong and stubborn and bullish and I was like uh, you know I as more of like a secular individual i'm always like oh god astrology but i like it right and i like to think that there was um the egyptians were like in the pyramids designing modern humans with some help from some sort of like alien gods or something and then every it would shift we're in this quadrant make this version now and they just cranked out a bunch of like (laughs) list making (laughs) functional people and then we the humans were bigger and stronger than them prior to being ready we're like pre you know not fully baked brownies rebelled and got up and left and then they were like no 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 no, no. wait 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 we're not done with you yet like we'll show you we're bigger than you someone got salmonella yeah it's like planet of the apes ish i love that you say not fully baked brownies is it salmonella you get from that I think Remember, so, like you can't eggs? like cake batter, cookie batter. Yeah, my mom was always like, "Don't eat. You're gonna get salmonella." You're eating raw cookie dough. Yeah, yeah. Salm- I think it's from the eggs. Oh, from the eggs. Okay, because I think you, if you like, when <laughs> you're watching Rocky <laughs> drink eggs, you're like, "Oh God, that's just a lot of options for or opportunities for salmonella." Oh, that's so funny. I remember someone on Facts of Life drinking eggs. Blair, it, like someone was like working out. Maybe yeah. it was the dad. 
It was a big thing after Rocky, I think. That, okay, uh, that everyone wanted to like. That was the equivalent. When I was a kid, that was like, if I'm, all right, I guess I'll try to get in shape. Throw some eggs in a glass, would you? And that was like the start. So I would drink. I've done it a couple times. Where really? I just drank raw eggs and it was hideous. It's just the worst. But I didn't get salmonella or anything. I also didn't, it didn't help me get in shape at all. <laughs> Just imagining, like, what, like, it's so much responsibility to put on an egg. <laughs> like, <laughs> the egg goes down and it's just, like, sitting there. Yeah. Like, nothing's going to happen. <laughs> right. That was pre, like, smoothie. That was pre-collagen powder. Yeah. Bulletproof. All that kind of stuff. Do you know yeah. Bulletproof, that brand? I know the Bullet, like, like the little oh, okay, shredder yeah. mixer blender thing. That is that what you're talking uh, about? There's a there's a brand called Bulletproof. That's all these like I think it's David Asprey who created them. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's like all these like powders and like yeah, health stuff. <laughs> I love that theory about the being in the cave and just like churning out a bunch of Virgos. <laughs> and then it switches to the next because there were there 12 signs for kind of like the 12 mm-hmm. months so then you yeah get, and then they discovered the new one and everyone was like everything's changed but oh. then it went back and no one cared about it anymore i hadn't heard about that at all again i'm not oh, okay. in those circles yeah. a whole lot right but i don't like I, I know a lot of science people just immediately dismiss them right and i i think they're fun i, I don't think i put much stock into like well, I got to change some things because Mercury's in retrograde, but I right. do think it's interesting. I think it's just a silly thing. The reason I do believe in that and in things in in that kind of stuff in general is because I think life is things have whatever meaning you endow them with. Mm-hmm. And I think if you love some astrological aspect or you're drawn to that and it makes you love yourself more or see the world in a new way or like can drop a lens on your current situation yeah it does change your life Mm -hmm. it's almost like for me sometimes i feel like it's working you know i might uh, i'm a leo i might not be a leo like that's not who i am Uh but if i like read a horoscope and it informs my life or it enriches it in some way or I have something to look forward to like oh what's gonna happen like this year there was a day I think it was like May 15th or something where there was like some kind of like moon in Uranus or something like that where it was supposed to be some big astrological event and I was so excited for it I was like everything is about to change (laughs) you don't understand I was like spreading the word get ready, you know. Yeah. Put that can of tuna fish under your sofa. We don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> That's an earthquake kit joke for Is it any really? LA people. I thought you were just reaching for the most bizarre. Uh, I, I think you just created a scenario where your friend was about to snap into a <laughs> can of tuna. And, wait, wait, wait. Put that under your couch. And I thought, that was really quick on the right. spot. Thing. Okay, well, that's because I have a friend, Marianne Sirk, who's a great radio DJ living in Baltimore. Um, she, when she lived in LA, she had tuna fish cans that she would hide in her apartment. And then one day she's like, now I need a can opener under every, yeah, wherever there's a can of tuna in case your apartment crumbles, you have to be able to open it. You're just stuck in a tiny, tiny little space and you reach around and God, I put this here. You right. get a can of tuna. <laughs> you can hear the rescue vehicles and things outside, and you go, I'm fine. I've got at least 30 hours of life before right. I'm in real trouble. <laughs> and I got this tuna. You're going to, the snap open lids really help there. That's true. 
That's true. I don't know if she took that into account when she bought her first round of tuna. I didn't realize people were living this way. Yeah, people have earthquake kits all over here. Have you been in one yet? In an earthquake? Yeah. Oh, yeah, like plenty of little rumbles, but Mm -hmm. nothing... uh, Luckily, all of us are awaiting and long overdue for that mega one that everyone... Every now and again, someone will talk about it and you go, oh, yeah, we are like any day now. And then... Other times, months will go by without any mention of, hey, be prepared. It's really weird. Just if somebody had told me everything that happened was going to happen in California, I don't know if I would have ever moved here. <laughs> if they were like, there's going to be a fire, there's like all this stuff. Yeah. Like California has just been through so much. And yeah, I mean, the mudslides and the fires were down the list. I think it was just like, well, you've got earthquakes right. and then you've got carjackings that look out you're going to la look out for carjackings and now everyone's like that's so far down the list there aren't a lot of carjackings happening i don't right i don't know that i know anyone that's had that but i remember moving is it carjacking actually where they they run up to your car okay get out that happened to me years ago without a gun yes so it was at a stoplight someone ran up to my car tried to yank my door open and i ran and i sped through a red light whoa yeah I was on my way to like shoot something. Uh-huh. Not a major role. Don't anyone get excited. I was like an office extra and something. But still. Right. Is right. that what drove you? Like you panic, saw the person. I saw hand. a van pull up next to me. It was like a group of guys. One got out, ran up to my car, tugged on my thing, and I just sped forward. Tugged on my door. That's really intense. Yeah. They what like targeted. It, it was early. Early, early. yeah, it was like an early weird call time. Man. The streets were empty, so they probably knew there's no, there aren't any police around. Yeah, I remember when it was one of those things where when I got to the job, I was like, I felt like when I told people, it sounded like a lie, you yeah. know. And you're just like, these guys ran up to me, and everyone's like, "Hi, nice to meet you too." I'm like, okay, I have one thing. I can't on my wait mind for this. I want to tell everybody. <laughs> yeah. Totally, I have one thing on my mind. I can't wait to tell everybody, and everyone's in their own head. I always hated when I had a job and I would get into work with a really legitimate reason, like there was a car on fire and they diverted all the traffic and I'd be five minutes late and no one would ask or care why I was late. And I wanted to be like, but can I tell, and people are just busy. They're just working like no time for it. And I always, maybe that's a lot of life or something where (laughs) we're all just busy doing our thing. And there's so many stories that we get told that are just completely irrelevant and devoid of any interesting elements, but a carjacking should almost be like you show up on set and the AD goes, all right, everyone gather around. Listen, listen to this. Right. What this office extra has to say. (laughs) This is Leslie. And I'm like, it's Lizzie. She has a tale to tell. (laughs) I didn't formally introduce um, you as Lizzie Cooperman, hilarious comedian, new CD out called organism, which is um, I'd say like a triple entendre. Because you are mm-hmm. a human organism, mm-hmm. and you play the organ, mm-hmm. and then there's something slightly orgasmic about the whole experience, so you get kind ah. of all three bundled in there. I love that. It's fun. Thank you so much. Sure, yeah. We were at the taping. Fantastic. Recently at the CD release party. Also fun. Thank you so much for coming to that, too. Well, thanks for inviting us. And Thank how are you, you enjoying David. this... Um, you got to ferment this at this 68 is... degrees Fahrenheit. It's Steady Eddie, seasonal IPA, sent in once again from Andy Crest, friend of the show. This is delicious. And I have to say, I'm not even a usual beer drinker. There's something about this that's like, we need 
to feel the seasons right now. We live in yeah. LA. We don't have snow. Yeah. There's something about beer for me that makes me feel like I'm experiencing the seasons a little <laughs> bit more. I don't know. Like I should be. That's so weird. You say that. I really. My, yeah, I pictured myself in a in like a square, and there were trees everywhere. Leaves. The, this was like you know in Ratatouille when he has a bite and then like. <gasps> And you have like instantly thinking about in that movie, it's his mom has made him ratatouille. I took a sip and I was on this square. The leaves are crunchy, but the sun is out. That's I I was like, this is like taking me into like an autumnal landscape. (laughs) Totally. Right. Yeah, it's very it was. It's not winter because we don't really know what time of year it is. It's December right now, but I forgot until I just said it because it's I'm wearing a T-shirt. We're right. Yeah. Yeah, it does. That's so funny that you bring up Ratatouille. That's one of my favorite movies. It's the best. It's so good. It's so beautiful. I just watched it, uh, or a large part of it recently, thinking like, I remember loving this movie, but I don't need to watch it again right away. And then I watched one scene. And it was like, well, I guess I got to see it through. And that's, that's to me always the mark of like a really good movie. Remember forever, like when Shawshank Redemption was on and everyone would just be like, ah, damn it. Like I got to watch the whole thing now. Right. That, that they could come and go, but Ratatouille's it's, doing that for me right now. I dated someone who hated Shawshank Redemption because he was like, "It's cheating. It's literally all voiceover." And I was like, <laughs> "Okay, well, now I can't watch it without thinking like, yeah, they could have acted this like they could have found a way to tell this story without the VO." <laughs> but it's such a good voice. I know come it's on. great. It, it's great, but it is like a. That's the danger of being in Los Angeles. You get around so yes. many creative people that are. Like there's a difference between being creative and then also being knowledgeable about the arts and people that can go, here's why this song sucks. And you go, I don't care. I just like it. And they go, no, 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 but listen. And then they'll play you a riff and then they'll like dig up some other song and go, see, it's this, it's this tip to tail thing. It, it's, it's an earworm. It's a trick. That's so. It's a bummer. You know what's interesting though? I recently saw a post about the movie Love Actually. Mm-hmm. I've never liked that movie. Whenever I watch it, I'm like, this is not. <laughs> like it's not well written. Some of the relationships are kind of weird. Like yeah. I don't feel connected to it. And lately I've seen all this stuff like I hate love actually. And I'm like, I've been saying this all the whole time. <laughs> but pre LA. Yeah. Emily Rose as I think there's a it's always a bummer when like something that like all girls like this and I always feel like not my not right. my gal. And then Love Actually is one of those where she really likes it. And I, I don't even remember it, but I know we watched it and I kept pointing out things that were not very woke. And she was like, yeah, just shut up. You're ruining this for me. Because I felt like there were a number of things. Where the like, relationship with the housekeeper who doesn't speak or like they don't know. I genuinely don't remember. I don't remember. There's to, some kind of relationship in there where you're like, oh, the woman's definitely not being heard in this <laughs> scenario. <laughs> yeah, so I remember funny. stuff like that where I just felt like, Mm, this doesn't right. this doesn't hold up right and i like when old ladies movies in a period where we look back and think like they everything was wrong You're like murphy brown was badass and then i watched adventures in babysitting recently really like yeah girl power and like very female forward and also like the diversity aspect in that is very modern these days and i was like 
people this all this stuff's been happening good and bad adventures in babysitting has one of my favorite scenes where the girl i think her friend loses her glasses and she's at the tr- <laughs> yeah. at the airport or bus station she's at the bus, she's at a bus station. station yeah and she knocks on a phone booth and this woman is like get out of my house there's like a woman <laughs> living in the phone booth and i was like that's like my dream role is to play that woman in the phone booth that's when i think of you know this like on Comedians in Cars, Seinfeld was talking to someone. He was like, oh, well, if you go from like trying to just get work as a comedian to then being like paid and making mm-hmm. a living at it to then and, like the highest step is people impersonate you. And then over time, like, you know, all of our friends, you know, you'd have like, oh, so-and-so that you might do like a, a body language movement right. or, but I feel like your most emblematic sort of character things are either that, like this kind of person that's sort of like your, it's. It's sort of like L.A., this faux sort of like chakra kind of yoga, trying too hard, really this embodiment of like this this negative residue that comes from being in L.A. And then also this kind of witchy. And my favorite is the witchy person. I feel oh, like the were, oracle? Yeah, just Thank this you. very oracle kind of like, <laughs> yes, darling. Like this kind of crystals and like rings on the fingers and a, and a, and a ball in front of her. Ah, yes. And I think you, you really like... You create such a believable version of that and such like a, that you seem very familiar with it. Thank you. I am familiar with it. Weirdly, my mom was kind of psychic. Okay. But she like buried it. Like she would only bring it out once in a while. And then there was a, she went through a phase where she would like go to these classes and then she said, I will never forget this. She'd be like, Lizzie, she was like, I was looking at my friend Elaine today and I was like, Elaine, you are two different people. I'm looking at two people. And I was like, Elaine Herman is not two people, mom. <laughs> like, she plays racquetball, drinks John Bajit. Like, she's just in the, like, she would just look into somebody, not and not to diminish Elaine's existence or anything or my mom's powers, but there was like a... She got into it on this level where then she was like, I'm going to too dark of a place and I have to stop doing it. Whoa. And that was interesting. But you seem to be... So when you brought up earlier my aura a little bit, I was in Edinburgh a couple of years ago and um, this woman came up to me on the street and she just was like, maybe... 10 seconds of chatting with me and oh I had my little I was trying to you have to hand out flyers and I hated doing that so I would draw little flip book animations on the back and I would try to get people to look at those like hey and they would like aggressively look away like I don't even want to see what you have so I just got of standing there defeated doing that and this woman came by talked to me for like 10 seconds she goes I think she might have asked me the same as you did, like my sign or something or what I do. And I was like, I have a comedy show here. And she goes, you have a blue energy. You have a blue aura. It's very, she did the same thing you did with your hands, like kind of just like a a cloud or a shape around me and said nice things that it was very like artsy or et cetera. But I thought that must be fun to like live in that space and or have access to that. And the fact that you did it as well makes me think that maybe your mom put it away, but then you invited in a little more. That's interesting. I don't see like, I don't see colors. Okay. I feel like in a way I I see people like anyone else does, you know, like (laughs) I pick up things from people. Mm hmm. I feel like most of this is just tapping into things and looking at kind of like, if you were a painting, 
I guess it's kind of like there's something in Kabbalah where they're like, look at the truth beneath the truth. Okay. And people are in a way like, I don't even know if I should go into this. I'm like, people are paintings. No, no, please. But there there are different layers to people, you know? And mm-hmm. you can just take people at face value, believe what they say, take them so literally, or you can kind of go into them, take a different way in, I think. I just think there are different ways to get to know people. I feel like every now and again, I will meet someone, and afterward I'll maybe say... You know, did you pick up something weird off that person? And then Emily Rose will be like, no, no, what do you mean? Like, there's something there, like just something I I feel like I wouldn't trust them or I, you know, I don't know what it is. I feel really bad about it. It almost uh-huh. never happens. This has happened like once or twice in our tenure of nearly a decade. And, but it is like one of those things where friendly, smiley, nice person, no discernible, like no noticeable ticks or something like do you right, see that they right. slipped that thing off they whatever you know they didn't do anything like that there's just something about their presence and maybe it is yes. that, a painting that you're seeing a color that maybe no one else mm-hmm. is really picking up or something like that yeah I have my walls go up around a lot of people mm-hmm. I'll be like mm, like I can just feel <laughs> I mean yeah especially if I feel like someone doesn't trust me like if people are like so you'll be at the show then we have you on the flyer I'm like yes <laughs> I told you I'd be there. I posted about it. There's absolutely no reason to yeah. not believe I'm, to think I'm going to not show up. Yeah. It's okay if you don't Except go. I did have to cancel a show earlier this month. And if you're listening, if the host of that is listening, I'm deeply sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Canceling's but, different than mm-hmm. like, so doing my show, there've been, a, and I can always tell they, like I'll tag them and say like a tweet in the week, early in the week. And then they don't, tweet about it or, or in any way reference it or, or post about it. I can see that, and yeah. And then the day of the show, hey, I'm not feeling great. And I'll be like, I could feel this coming. I can. It's always right. the same sort of behavioral thing. And yet, it's always like two hours before the show, hey, not going to be able to make it. And I feel like th- this... If they just blew it off and didn't show up, but had been like promoting it, I would feel differently. I don't know why that's a, that's right. just a straight character thing. That that's makes a, sense. I should think about it from the other perspective, from the perspective of the book. <laughs> I don't mind the emails. Like just a reminder. Uh-huh. It, honestly, I'm thinking about an isolated incident here. Yeah. No, it's not. Those are like tangible character things in that, you know, someone's doing something and or leave it you know responding yes and or no right but the it's it's the it's the intangible things where like they just walk into a room and you're like yeah i don't know about them right that's a weird thing it is why do we have that like, it I is i think at their core that person's bad or the other way around where you so desperately want to know more about someone i had that happen the other night like i met this guy and i was talking to him and i was like i want to talk to this guy for not in like a you know <laughs> But then I was like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Then I'm just like, you know, you leave and you're just like, now I'm just bobbling around in the ocean. Do you think never- everyone has that to everyone? Or do you think it is specific and unique in the same way that like not everyone likes the same music? So that like that guy might walk into any other room and people are like not in any way gravitating toward right. him. But to you, it was yes. like this magnetic sort of. Whoa. It was magnet. It was a. It was chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like an Elvis kind of thing. They always say certain people have that, like they walk in a room and everyone would just kind of. No, 
I think it was, I felt like I had a connection with this person, but then I didn't want to be like, hey, we have a, like, you know what I mean? You don't want to like chase someone down. Yeah. So then you go, wow. Then I go, oh, that was a really great, like, I'll just be grateful for whatever that conversation Mm -hmm. and move on with my life, kind of. How do we always do that? I mean, we spend Mm. so much of our lives, especially when single, going like, well, that that is a potential connection that I felt. Yes, something, that, and I may never see them again. And right. then we have like strangers, you know, passing in the night. Those sort of like misconnections. It used to be like you yes. run into the newspaper and be like, "This is my only recourse here." I I so regret that when we both reach for that same clump of bananas, I felt it. I hope you did too. Meet me for coffee. And now you can you know post on a number of social right. media things. But that's such a weird thing that. You just have to be grateful and move on and go, I guess that wasn't meant to be. I also think it's better to not know people and make your own decisions about them instead of like, yeah, hey, do you know this guy? Have you seen this guy around? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I think he dated a friend. It's like, you don't know what that person's experience was. Like, we don't know. and You don't know anything about anyone. Mm-hmm. And yeah. We had it's. <laughs> we went to a. Um, I, won't, I don't want to give too much away here. I don't think there's any chance whoever the parties involved would be listening. But okay. we went to an, a, a gathering and we didn't prepare one set of one couple for potentially meeting one half of another couple. And at the end of the day, they said, "Hey, what was up with so and so? So unpleasant." And we were like, "Oh, yeah, she can be that way." And they were like, you knew this and you didn't warn us? And we were like, "One of you know, the worst is that you prepare someone and then that person has a good day and the other right. people go, why yes. did you make us think they were awful and, and they were so pleasant? You know, they just can be awful. So we just wanted right. to like go fresh slate. If they're awful, you'll figure it so out. So it was a small gathering. Uh, kind of. A okay. mixed to bigger sort of thing. Like an event where we were all meeting as a group to be there. So there was a lot of distraction and a lot of things going For on. For some reason, I'm picturing you guys in like ball gowns. <laughs> like, I don't know. I'm like, I'm like some woman just like bustles in in like a giant purple and black gown. It's a fair enough analogy. It's okay. not that right. similar to like the, the dynamics of what actually transpired. But it was that thing of just like, oh yeah, do we right. owe it to whoever to like give out a dossier to everyone attending a dinner party. Here's right. everything you need to know about everybody. You don't, that's just life. You go into it and find out very quickly. Uh, I'm picking up some weird radar over here. There's actually a quote, Tony Kushner, the playwright set, once said, and I'm butchering this quote, I'm sure, but something to the effect of, I like seeing bad theater because it gives myself something to pit myself against. Ooh. I like that. I do too. And then I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I'm so glad we had that experience with that strange person. Like, because sometimes you also forget that you can become so inflamed by someone else's personality. Yeah. I think that that's another kind of chemistry. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Do you have that? Like a lightning bolt in your head. You do a behavior and then you're being like so and so. And you go, Sometimes right. it's our parents, but other times it's just, oh, I'm being like that guy I saw on the subway. I don't I don't want to do that. I'm going to right. reverse course and make sure that, yeah, that's interesting. I started calling the parking lot of Whole Foods 365 general meeting <laughs> because... <laughs> 
That parking lot is insane. They have a certain... I go there for one thing that I love, which is uh, it's like a yellowfin tuna salad. Okay. Like in a plastic that like it's so good. But every time I'm in that parking lot, I'm like, you fucking idiot. Like in my mind, <laughs> I, are there kids listening? I'm sorry about that, Ford. The large kid population. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, oh my God, what an idiot. What an idiot. And then I'm like, you could like literally everyone in this parking lot probably works in the same industry yeah you're gonna like run into the like don't don't honk yeah change your attitude like it's like <laughs> it's almost it's kind of a joke with myself but it was born out of me being like lizzie why are you so mad about a parking lot yeah tig had that happen once where she was pulling in and a guy was walking and just went we just lost his mind, started yelling, calling her the C word, things of this nature. And then she pulled around to where, I guess maybe the windshield had a glare, but her driver's side window did not. And the guy was like, ah, I got you. And tried to play it off like he was doing a bit. But she was like, that was you. That's how you treat strangers. And it, and she, since she has told me that wow. story, I just think of that all the time when like, you know, you're so, yeah. com- there's a comfort in strangers. And like, being in your own car too. Like I would never yell at someone, but I'm no stranger to a light horn tap. A double honk. I'm not. Someone, uh, yeah. If, yeah. Someone, if I see someone's head down, I'll give them like a three count. But if it's a left turn, I'll, three, give, them a three count. I'll give them three quick seconds and then boop, boop, get it together. And maybe right. they're being all zenned out and like, hey, we're all in this meaningless march. Great. Right. But I need to get home and feed my dog. So move it. Everyone's got something that's slightly more and or less important than what you're doing. So let's all agree to go at relatively the same speed. Levels of importance would be so funny if they had lights on your car. Yeah. If you could be like, this is my level of stress right now. Like You see someone driving. zooming up in the bike lane, but they have a bright, bright red blinking. And you'd be like, oh, that's either childbirth right. or so- go ahead. Everyone start pulling over like you're blinking red. Go I never. I rarely consider childbirth. Oh, that's like my go-to. Okay. Yeah, I'm always like, "Whoa, what's wrong with that?" Like, I think like (laughs) temper Mm -hmm. or like great song is playing because sometimes, (laughs) (laughs) sometimes music makes me drive so fast. Like, if I'm on the highway, I'm like, "Whoa, I should not be going 80 something." Like, (laughs) swerving around people. Like, what's no, not swerving. I don't even know. Just like. Uh, I have a playlist. I my top songs of 2018 are so embarrassing on Spotify because they're all these like <laughs> aggressive songs to like pump me up before like <laughs> things where I need to have confidence. Mm-hmm. I, you, and they're not my favorite songs. They're just songs I use as like tools. You know, mm-hmm. you're. I like that you're like. I mean, we don't know each other that we know each other pretty well, Mm. but like getting into the whole, like what drives you or how do you stay positive or how do you keep, Mm -hmm. I just from afar know, or even from just watching you on stage that like, like anyone, it takes some refilling of that tank to be like, okay, marching back out into the world. I'm going to give them my best. How do I like continuously keep heading out into it? And you seem to do the best job and always be like moving forward. Thank you. Sure. That's really, really nice to hear. Well, I feel like it's accurate. I've had a couple surges of, I've had a couple things fueling that. Do you know I had Lyme disease? Mm-hmm. So that's one, is I feel like maybe, and this might sound dramatic, and we don't have to talk about Lyme, because if we do, we'll just end up talking about it. But okay. one thing 
it did was it made me feel like I wasn't going to live as long. And so I feel like I do feel a little bit of an urgency with things just because I'm like, I feel good right now. So I have to do as much as I can while I'm feeling good. Yeah. So that's one thing. Another thing I like to do is, and I realize this when I, I'm very aware of this when I don't do it because my set feels stale and I don't have like a catharsis. I give myself like one risk or something new that I'm like, you've got to do this. Mm -hmm. Like I give dare myself to do something and it keeps me on edge a little bit. Yeah. So between like the that. dying and the <laughs> risk, no, I'm and I feel great by the way, like I'm good. Oh, good. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I think it's like those things. Do you and where does like the mysticism fit into that? The kind of the like mysticism, the spiritual, right. occult, right. or whatever you want, would want to call like the energy. Where does that come from? I think maybe. Uh, do you know that there's like an Einstein quote that's like there are two ways to see the world. One is as if everything is a miracle, or as if nothing is a miracle, and the other as though everything is a miracle. Hmm. And I, I see it as the latter. I like it. Where, thank you. I do. I do too. <laughs> Thanks, Einstein. I should be thinking. Thank you, Einstein. <laughs> what about like, that? Kind of is like connects to endowing things with magic. You know. Mm. I, with you know, having scientists on here, I don't mean to characterize them as not believing that things are miracles. It's quite the opposite, but they seem to be less blown away by them. Just like, oh, it's a phenomenon we can't explain. You know, they love it, like pursuing it, trying to understand right. it. You know, the, the universe itself and how it exists, how it might have come to be, etc. Which I think is really fascinating. But to them, that the little things where you're like, that's so weird. And they'd go, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just the world. That's just how it is. But I like, it's fun to have that mystified sort of like, this is an absolute miracle. I was thinking today, and this is such like a, it's probably like a seventh grader type thought, but how every neuroscientist, everyone that's ever pursued it really can't quite figure out consciousness and like where our memories live and why they stay there. It's just neurons and chemistry there's not like actual physical files. There's not like a little snapshot of a picture. So how is our brain able to even perceive the world, associate all these different colors, and and then on top of that, place them somewhere in the recesses of our mind to then later go, yeah, I remember that. I remember when I saw you. That was this long ago. We were in this place. That is such a bizarre thing to me. That's really interesting. Is it or is it like a really... Like, oh, buddy, did you just smoke pot for the first Wait, time? Wait, <laughs> you mean that you would see me and like it would come kind of rushing back? Like, it would seem like we'd be go a screen going through the wind where like you experienced it, but you only knew the next molecule and never the one behind you because it was no longer touching you. But we sort of keep all of it with us. We're like this screen that keeps so much of it with us, right? And then somehow can access it and kind of remember, like, I remember what that one was like. It doesn't seem like we should be able to. That's really interesting. I also think there's power in choosing what you take mm -hmm. with you. Through all these arguments right now, free will is a big thing. Yeah. Where people are talking about, you know, there's, my friend was telling me about Sam Harris, this guy who's, who somehow proved there was no such thing as free will. And the way he does this is he'll be like, think of a city. And then your brain thinks of a city and he'll be like, did you think of, you know, Cairo? Why didn't you think of Cairo? Did that even pop into your head? And if it didn't, that means there's no free will. Because if there was free will, you would have thought of every possible option 
it's this whole thing that I actually was like, my friend was telling me this and I was like, I don't want to believe this <laughs> and I'm not going to <laughs> because I think you can choose to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Like I have things from my past that I'll see something and it will like trigger something that maybe is uncomfortable for me that I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, that's right. Oh, God. And you get that feeling of like either kind of re re experiencing pain or shame or something around around it and then you can choose to move on on from it i think it comes up a lot on this show talking with people about like our levels of empathy we have toward terrible people and i think that i think it'd be interesting if all of humanity wore this shirt for one day but i do i think more than that when you know people get arrested and they like put their coat over their head as they're hauled into the prison, I think they should just give them <laughs> a blanket or something to put over them that just says, I am exactly what would happen if you had my DNA and all of my life experiences. If we all just wore around a t-shirt like that, everyone's entire personage would in some way be uh, admissible, I guess, where you'd be like, okay, yeah, okay. listeners, Dave is going to make this t-shirt. <laughs> I'm going I'm to buy it. <laughs> I am what would happen. Yeah. If you had my DNA and all of my life experiences, can I buy that? Sure. Okay. Yeah. I would. I want that it. shirt. Oh, really? Okay. Cause that's so true. It's, it, it doesn't necessarily, it tiptoes around free will a little bit, but it's right. hard to argue with that. That just like, yeah, of course. Like I would, if I were exactly in your right. shoes, I, it's hard to argue that I would not have done the same thing. Isn't it interesting how some people have a se- more seemingly simple life yet they carry so much pain around with them and other people have great challenges and they seem to be having just like the best time. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. there's a, everyone has, um, Karen Kilgariff is like, a, she calls it a bandwidth. Or she'll, she'll use bandwidth, the term bandwidth. I'm saying that so that I'm not taking credit for it. <laughs> much respect, Karen. <laughs> but she'll be like, and I didn't have the bandwidth or when she's busy or whatever. And I feel like, it is like people do have a certain bandwidth when it takes to like how much they can carry yeah. in a way. But I do think challenges, the more challenges you experience, the larger a bandwidth you get. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have that bandwidth and you get hit with something, everyone's parents die. Yeah. And some of them have already and they continue to be people carrying that weight around. Right. You go, oh, you know what? My, my parents passed away when I was young. Right. How young? My mom, 10, my dad when I was 18. And you're still living a life that to me that when I hear that, I utterly uh, devoid of the right words to say, but also I'm just always blown away. Like, and you're doing it. Like right. you're being a person and seemingly well adjusted and right. finding ways to stay happy. Whew. Are both of your parents alive? Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. I, so I feel really fortunate and thankful about that, and you know, regardless of who else, who I'm dealing with. But right. when I know that someone has has this, you know gone through that, and then you know you have someone else that, by all other accounts, is very blessed and fortunate, and they're so stressed out and miserable, and they've got their turmoil, which you can't deny or dismiss. But you're like, it could be a lot worse. You could have much bigger things you're wrestling with. Right. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> also. There's a weird freedom to kind of feeling like orphaned in a way. Mm-hmm. Oh, I could see what. Uh, kind of like, I don't go home for the holidays. And every year I'm just like, 
everyone's like, oh, and I still have to buy these ornaments for my sister. And I forgot the Chili's gift card for the work <laughs> secret Santa or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't do any of this. And part of that is like, I'm Jewish. So I've never, well, every year around Christmas, I'm just like, I just, I'm a bystander. <laughs> like, wow. Okay. Uh-huh. Ring, ding, ding, a ling, ding. <laughs> like, you guys don't do anything for Hanukkah or anything? No. Yeah. No, no, not really. Always. Are your no. parents still alive? Uh, my mother is not. Yeah. So yeah. You're, you carry that around. Mm-hmm. That's, we're just talking. I mean, that's, that's just immense. That's a, not to be too much of a right. drag talking about, right. but you know, like that, do you feel like when people go, oh, and they start talking about how difficult things are and you're like, you know what? You can have this that you also deal with. Right. I don't really think about that. I kind of feel, I don't know if a long life is the best life. Mm-hmm. And I feel just happy that I had my mom in my life. And that, and I, of course, was in like deep pain when she died. I was like, felt like, a, you feel like a cave woman. Like, I was just like, ah! like, it was like overwhelming waves of emotion. And then it kept, it was like, you you can't download it all at once. Mm-hmm. Like you're, the way we're built, you're not like, okay, I'm going to grieve for two weeks and yeah. then I'm ready to go back to work. It's like, you go through it and then you're like, go, 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 go. Like you feel like a huge thing where it's like, okay, you've, you know, oh, I'm at uh, 80%. Or you know on your computer, not to keep making, I'm like, <laughs> bandwidth. <laughs> I'm like the nerd guest. And according to my calculations, the grieving process. <laughs> but like, you know, when you're downloading something at first, it says 10 minutes and then it goes an hour. And yeah. then it goes three minutes, two hours. And you're like, how long is this going to take? Yeah. Just be clear with me. Like you can't do that with emotion. So I kept, I just, I still go through it sometimes. And I, I was talking about this on stage. It was, I did a show called Happy Holidays, Our Parents Are Dead. Good Lord. Who books that? It was amazing. This writer named Jeannie Bergen, she's like a TV writer. It was a great lineup and it was like, it was at Bar Lubitsch and it was a bunch of stories about people whose parents had died. And I had a really, I had kind of a, I had a, I didn't have the smoothest relationship with my mom. Mm-hmm. So I kind of talked about that and how when she died, people would be like, you're going to see a sign. You're gonna, one night. And I'm like, what am I waiting for? Like a meteor to fight and be like, there's mother. <laughs> like it never. And I talked about how that never happened mm-hmm. really. Um, but, oh, but then somebody, when I was little, when I would go to the like grocery store with my mom, they'd be like, Merry Christmas. My mom would go tell them. I go, tell them what? And she'd be like, tell them, you know. And I'd be like, I'm Jewish. <laughs> and then we'd leave and I'm like, that is a power move. Because <laughs> like, then they'd be like, well, happy Hanukkah or whatever. <laughs> but when that happens, I do think of my mom, you know. Mm-hmm. I do believe there is like in Judaism, people are kept alive through our memories, you know, through mm-hmm. the memory of their life. So did you see Coco? The about Coco Chanel? No, no, no. The animated. Um, oh, I'm like, yes, of course. I saw that documentary. It <laughs> the, is really De Los Muertos. <laughs> no, not the Coco Chanel one. The um, it's you know like the the tradi- the Latin 
tradition of Dia de los Muertos oh. and honoring the dead and keeping them alive. Oh, the animated movie. Yeah. I watched the beginning of it, yeah. Oh, okay. It gets better. It's The story gets really cool as a guy. I thought I the it. kids' jeans were really cute. I remember mm-hmm. pausing and being like, those jeans are so cute. Like, <laughs> kid animation jeans. Yeah. Den- kid animated chi- children's denim. <laughs> 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 I should watch I should go back and watch the whole thing. It's really good about that concept of just like keep, you know, our the way we respect or pay. I think cemeteries are so weird because you know, in movies people are always out there like I miss you. If you drive by any cemetery, you almost never see people out there just hanging out. You'll see like flowers and stuff, but I don't know as that they are as effective as we think they are as far as like keeping that person's memory or keeping your connection to them alive. That's and- really interesting. You think so? It is because it's so much land. It's a ton of real estate. And if someone were to bulldoze it, it would be chaos. And people would be like, what are you doing? But if they had you fill out a questionnaire prior, like, how many, be honest, how many times did you go? How many times did you even just go brush it off, dust off the stone? Right. I've been to my mom's grave once, and yeah. she's been dead for five years. Yeah, we don't really go. I think we just remember them and keep them with us in different ways. I, 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 it's a sensitive subject, obviously. But I almost feel felt bad about it when I went. I was like, my mom is just in the ground with all these people. <laughs> yeah, it seems it, it feels like a nursing home. Like, yeah. we're gonna put your memory here. This is where your memory stays. So if I want to access it, I come out here. You just wait here till I'm there. It's never made much sense to me, unless you go all wow. the time. Yeah. When I was young, I, I, I remember saying, when I die, I want to be buried on top of my husband. <laughs> <laughs> like, in the same casket. Like, that's how bad, like, I was like, I'm going to be so in love that, like, and I'm, like, not even dating. <laughs> I mean, like, mildly. Would you like to take a quick break and then get into some tarot? Sure. Okay. Welcome back for part two. Hopefully I'll be even healthier by then. And uh, try some of that beer. It's pretty good. And uh, like all the beers, I mean, we really haven't had too many terrible beers on this show, which is nice. So, and if you have beer suggestions or guest suggestions or topics or music, send it my way. And uh, I'd be happy to play it or, oh, let me look that up. I did get <laughs> an email during my, thanks to those of you who did send me uh, like tweets and things like that when I mentioned that the episode last week wouldn't be going out because of uh, my prolonged stay. Uh, some nice notes from several of you, and I appreciate that. It, it, and, you know, it feels weird to, I don't know, never mind. But when you're getting notes and things digitally from avatars and stuff like that, that's kind of the world we live in, I guess. Um, and I wasn't really up to talking on the phone anyway, so just getting little notes was, was encouraging. And um, one of the weirdest ones I got... Uh, someone wrote in, to, this has got to be spam, I suppose, but it's fascinating. It said, why do the perigees and apogees of the Earth-Moon distance vary so much month to month? I know the orbit is an ellipse, but why does the minimal distance vary month to month? It must be hard to calculate into the future. That's it. That's the whole email. <laughs> so thank you from Bruce. I appreciate that email. I am feeling better. And I don't know, I'll get to the bottom of that, those damn perigees and apogees. And if you happen to know the answer to that, Maybe you can um, write in or call in and we'll chat about it. Um, but anyway, thanks to those of you who, who reached out with nice notes, Lizzie being one of them. She checked in with me while I was in the hospital quite a bit. She's a delightful person. So come back for part two 
And thanks again to Dan for doing all the heavy lifting on this show and putting it all together behind the scenes. Thanks to Rob Crow for the theme song. Thanks to you for listening, and especially those of you who um, contribute to the Patreon. It just really helps with all the um, month-to-month little bills, whether that's downloading music or, or getting beer or just the web hosting and bandwidth and all that stuff. So I appreciate it if you like the show giving it a subscription or a review or whatever, I don't know, some sort of thing on iTunes, The Beast, will only help um, people be more aware of it anyway. Oh, and also, not to make this like an awards acceptance speech or something like that, they'd be playing me off by now, but um, Ryan, who lives in Puerto Rico, I feel terrible, he reached out and offered... Um, when he just saw that I was down there just on vacation was like, Hey man, you want some, if you need some kayaks or something, let me know. He was, and I was looking forward to meeting a space burger in such a remote part of the world that I don't travel too frequently. And then I spent so much time being not well that I didn't get to say hello. The only beer I got to try down there was this pale ale by ocean lab brewing. It's pretty good. It was one of the few things I got to have before things went south but um, anyway, hi to Ryan, and next time I'm down there, if that ever happens again, I'm really not in a hurry to go back, we'll get in touch. Or if you find yourself in the United States, let me know, and perhaps we can f- share that cool beer that um, we, we did have our eyes on, but it just didn't work out. So I think that's it. If I'm leaving someone out, I apologize. I'm still a little bit uh, not full speed at this point, but hopefully in the future... I think we'll get to that. And I don't know. There might be another lag in episodes just because I, I do need to kind of get my my health all the way back up to full speed and then get back to recording new episodes. I think we'll be able to do that, but I can't guarantee it. So I'll try to keep things on track and moving. Anyway, uh, as I mentioned a while back, Matthew Clement came to the junk show as he's been to it several times here in LA, which is awesome. He doesn't even live here and he's been here more than some of my friends that I run to run into around town. They go, oh man, I gotta come check out that show. Like, well, okay, it's only been going on for like five years now, but uh, let me know when you can make it. And Matthew's been there a few times and he also is in a band or several bands, I think, but one of them, and this band name is the best. It's called Blacked Wagon. And I don't think that's meant to insult anyone with a speech impediment. I think it's just a funny way to say Blacked Wagon. And he sent me this song that I like. I hope you like as well. It's called Nevergreen. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave.